So the other day, I listened to part of a Dharma talk by Aya Santachita, who is a nun um, who lives in Northern California. She and Aya Ananda Bodhi were at, uh, founded a, a little vihara a monastery a number of years ago, Aloka Vihara, which just recently closed. But anyway, in this talk, she said a line uh, that really struck me. And she said, reality is showing us the way, and it's up to us to pay attention and clear the mind of distractions. Reality is showing us the way, and it's up to us to pay attention and clear the mind of distractions, clear the mind of what we think it should be. And um, I, I, I really like that, and it got me to thinking about a, um, a documentary. I saw part of a documentary last year about Amy Winehouse, the singer, and she died of a drug overdose. Um, and she, in, the, in, the, in the documentary, they were talking to Tony Bennett, who had done a duet with her, um, and he said, and I love this line, he said, life teaches us how to live it if we let it. And it's the, it's the exact same thing, I think, that Sanchichita was pointing to. He said, life teaches us how to live it if we let it. Reality shows us the way if we pay attention. And so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight because um, it's, that's what mindfulness is. It's all about paying attention and how easy it is not to pay attention even if we think we're paying attention. Because oftentimes we think we're paying attention but we're mm, perhaps noticing instead how things are not working out the way we had wanted them to work out or the plans that we made didn't come to pass or they didn't work out perfectly. I was on, um, I was on vacation last week and, and uh, we went back to New York, which is my hometown, and I got to visit family and friends. And um, it was really lovely, but I had this, uh, these ideas of, of what it would be like you know, you imagine, oh, we're going to go to a baseball game, and it's going to be this, and then we're going to go here, and it's going to be that, and of course it wasn't. Um, we went to a ball game, and it was freezing cold and just shy of rainy. It was wet and damp, not quite rainy, but it was close to it, and it was like, luckily they won, um, but it was uncomfortable, and it's like, okay, it's like this, and, and recognizing we have a, cha a, a choice of being um, angry, being upset, or just allowing reality to be reality without distraction, without saying, it's not, I don't want this, Wah. you know, because that's the, the cause of so much suffering is wanting what we want when we want it and not being able to roll with the punches, so to speak. You know, there's, there's instead of, we're into so much into controlling things or making things fit our preconceived ideas that we struggle, it's uncomfortable. 
I went, um, I went to, uh, I had this idea, um, and I think the last, the last time I was in New York was in 2019, and I had thought about it, but I, it never happened, and I, I went, I decided I wanted to go see my father's grave, which I'd never been to, he died when I was little, and I had, somehow I found the deed to the plot where he was buried and, and the receipt that from his burial that my mother had. And I don't know where these were, but somehow I found them when I was cleaning out a closet. And so I knew where he was. I knew where it's a huge cemetery. I think it's one of the biggest in New York City. I mean, it's like, it's old too. It dates from 1848. So there are a lot of people in this cemetery and it is ginormous. And so, but I had the coordinated coordinates, I knew the section, and I went, but there was no headstone for him. But there was a headstone for my great-grandfather and his daughter, and it's like, so it's like, okay, you know, but there could have been this, this attachment to needing to have this, um, intimate moment with my father's grave or something, whatever, but that didn't happen. I mean, he was probably in that general vicinity without a, without a headstone, but it just unfolds the way it unfolds. And how do we hold it? How do we hold it? You know, and I was actually quite mindful of paying attention. It's like, okay, this is what's happening. All right, there's, mm, is there some disappointment? Paying attention to the reality. Allowing the moment to show us how to show up. You know, life shows you how to live it if you pay attention. Reality shows us the way if we pay attention and clear the mind of shoulds and shouldn'ts. And it's like, okay, this is what is. Oh, look over here. There's something that you were not expecting. Be with that. Oh, what are those emotions? And so to greet the moment as it arises, greet each experience as it shows up. Be with, as I was, you know, rest in being. Be with right now. And it's over and over and over again. How do we roll with each moment? How do we roll with this particular experience? Aya Ananda Bodhi, um, I listened to a Dharma talk of hers also this week, and she had some lines that I also appreciated also in this vein. And she said, the more we're attuned to the truth of the way things are, the more clear things are, the more okay things are, even in the most difficult situations. If we're attuned to the truth of this moment, if we see clearly the reality of what's unfolding and get out of our own way, because we're the ones who put up roadblocks so often that cause so much discomfort, that cause so much suffering. This is, how, you know, we have those rigid plans or we make plans that tend to become rigid in our minds. 
because they kind of we we think of something oh this is a great idea and then we have this great idea and then we start to plan around this great idea and then we move towards making this great idea happen and then reality happens and it's nowhere near this great idea and we think something's wrong because it doesn't match the great idea when in fact the great idea was just an idea it wasn't like the way it must be it must be this way for life to continue it was just a thing it was just a let's make a plan and then if it doesn't turn out let's roll with what's turning out um i had I don't know, I, some of you may remember, I don't remember if I mentioned it, uh, I have a friend, an old, old friend, who went into hospice um, the end of February, and I went to visit her in Washington, excuse me, in Oregon uh, last month, in March, and I, I was, I'm glad I got up to visit her and spend some time, and she was thinking she would probably, she was hoping to live into her birthday in June, um, and hospice thought she was going to live a few months, and she died on Tuesday. It was sudden. It was like a surprise that this happened because nobody expected it. They expected her to live another few months, um, but her body had other plans. It just shut down, and a mutual friend of ours was up visiting her, and so I was talking to her a lot this week, and um, she was talking... Um, to her wife after after the death and then the next couple of days and her wife said that she broke a promise to her partner um, because her partner wanted to die at home um, you know the plans we make I want to die at home I want this to happen but this the her health and her situation that she was in it would have been awful if she had died at home she wouldn't have been able to receive the care she wouldn't have been able to receive the the pain meds in a way that would have made her comfortable and it would have been really drawn out. And so the wise thing to do was to move her to a hospice facility so that she would be cared for in, in gentleness and kindness. And so reality, the reality of the situation pointed in a different direction that was actually more compassionate. It was kinder. The plan is here, but the plan is not, should not be set in stone. The plan should be a guideline. It's like our intention is we want to move in a particular direction, but we want to move in a direction that's wise, that's wholesome, based on the reality of the moment. And as Ananda Bodhi said, the more we're in tune to the truth of the situation, the more clear the path is. And then it becomes okay, even in the midst of a difficult situation. We release our preferences. We release what we think we had, you know, the ideas we thought were supposed to happen. You know, and it makes sense to let go because everything changes. Impermanence. That's what drew me to Aya Sanchechita's talk in the first place. Her, the title of her talk was, Even Civilizations Are Impermanent. As an archaeologist, I'm drawn to that because you study these civilizations that haven't existed in thousands of years. 
You know, they thought, you know, we think we are this great civilization, but the U.S. will disappear at some point as well. It just is the nature of the beast. It just is going to happen. And so that rigid holding on is, is painful. And, um, you know, and, we, and, it's, and it's interesting, too, um, everything changes, stories change. And I was thinking of that as we see that now with what's going on with the banning of books and the, the disallowing the teaching of history and people are determining what you're allowed to talk about and what you're not allowed to talk about. It's the victors decide what goes into the history books, not necessarily the facts of, or reality, but, but people who make the rules say, this is what you can believe and this is what you can't believe. And so it's, the, again, that turning towards rigidity is what is not necessarily the right thing to do or the wise or the wholesome thing to do. And just as, just as, just as those, those facts of history are not necessarily true, our memories are not necessarily solid and always true either. So letting go of that is, is, is important. And as I said, things change. So our ideas of what we want or what we think is, are, is best for us shifts over time. What you wanted when you were five years old probably is not what necessarily you want for yourself today. Maybe what you wanted 10 years ago is not necessarily what you wanted today. What you bought for dinner tonight is not necessarily what you want to eat tonight. I mean, it changes. It changes. And so to recognize that impermanence and to greet the reality of what is true right now. And there's a freedom and we're able to let go. And Ananda Bodhi said this, we can let go because we're not pushed around by wanting or not wanting. We're not tied to a preference. When we're tied to wanting or not wanting, it becomes a struggle against reality. And we never win that. Instead, we guide our life to to match the way it is, to, 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 to move along with the clarity. We guide our life to, to move in a direction that's wise and wholesome. What's supportive in this moment? What's the wise thing to do? What's the appropriate thing to do? How do you guide your life? This is, this is paramount because I think sometimes we can get to a place of saying, Okay, I understand that reality is important to be connected with, and I understand that it will point us in a direction, but I think it's also helpful to have a foundation because sometimes you're greeted with choices. Do I go in this direction? Do I go in that direction? And when you have a foundation that supports you in how you move through the world, it becomes easier to move in a wise way, in a way that doesn't cause harm. And, you know, this points back to that foundation of the, the Buddhist path of wise action, 
You know, the Eightfold Path, that's the path to, to freedom. That's the path to liberation. That's the path to awakening. Willing to face reality. Wise view. Willing to see clearly the way it is right now. It brings up beginner's mind, which Suzuki Roshi talked about in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Dropping that wanting, dropping those plans, dropping those preconceived ideas. What is this? Looking at what's the reality, not my interpretation of it. It's our, our, our perceptions and our interpretations are instantaneous. And we can react based on what we think should or shouldn't be happening. And instead, pausing and going, is this true? Is my reaction true? Do I even want what I'm fighting for? Or is it some, some remnant, some old um, thing that's hanging on that I think is important to me, but perhaps it's not? I think um, unresolved issues from the past, Aya Santachita mentioned. She said sometimes we just are continually reacting because of unresolved issues in the past. Old stories. So what do you listen to? Do you listen to this moment? And do you listen to the, the invitation of the Eightfold Path to move in this direction that's wise, that's skillful, that's kind and compassionate, that's willing to face reality, that's willing to sit in the fire? That's the question. And when you look at it this way, there's a lot of freedom. When we're not so tied, we're not so rigid. It's like you, you think of buildings, um, or you think of trees, but they build buildings this way too. They build buildings with some flexibility, especially if you live in earthquake country, that there's got to be some give with an earthquake. If it was rigid, it would crack and break. It's like trees, they bend. And sometimes you see a line of trees that are kind of bent over. They're all bent over. And you go, oh, we see the way the wind blows all the time because it just bends these trees over. Um, I, have a, I have a little cactus in my kitchen window. And it's only a, a couple of inches tall. But it, and it's like a little barrel cactus. And it just constantly faces the sun. And the sun is out that window. It's a... Um, It's a south-facing window. <laughs> so and the sun is there all the time. And you see it. It's like almost every day I have to turn the cactus around because it bends. There's this flexibility. And then I turn it, and it bends. And I turn it, and it bends. And it's amazing. It's like when I grow cast, gr grass for my cats, it just, they bend. And so there's this flexibility. It's turning towards what's wholesome. It's turning towards what feeds it. And so that's what we want to do. And so for me, it's the Eightfold Path, it's the teachings of the Buddha that give me a foundation to say, okay, this is the reality. My plans let go. I see clearly what's happening. Can I let go, renounce? And what's the wise thing? What's the skillful? What's the kind? What's the compassionate thing to do? And those are the questions we ask in the moment. And that's what points us in the direction. That's what helps us go on. 
we did it, it's it's um the desire of doing good versus the the thirst of having to do things a certain way i read this book i guess it's a, a there's a it's a uh there's four books in this series um the neapolitan quad i forget forget the word um and it's a the first one was called my brilliant friend and i guess there's a tv show they made of it a, a short a limited series and it's about these two it's a memoir um this one woman's writing it and it's about these two young girls or these two girls who grow up in you you've seen it in naples in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and i'm on the third volume i read the first one and i immediately read the second one and now i'm on the third one and it's extraordinary, but they live in this world that's totally foreign to me. It's a world of very rigid roles, and if you step outside that role, there are dire consequences. There's violence. Um, there's a lot of suffering. There's vendettas. There's there's yeah. It's it's if you if you take a misstep, it can be very dangerous because of the rigidity and the story is these two young girls are trying to break out of these roles and and they're each taking a different way and even when they break out then there's still this this residual unresolved issues that get keep grabbing them and pulling them and it, it's really extraordinary if you look at it in that in that way but um that it can be so much suffering when we when we don't go with reality but we're we're caught in these antiquated ideas and, and belief systems that are just really um, harsh, harsh. So anyway, um, and oftentimes the reason is just because, because it's always been this way. And so it will continue to be this way. And that's, that's that if it causes harm, you want to walk in a different direction. You want to walk in a different direction. So so the invitation I offer you for this evening is this invitation to find reality. Pay attention. Allow reality to show you the way. Allow life to teach you how to live it. And you do that by being fully present. And you practice being fully present by practicing mindfulness. Being present, being, being in your body, pausing. How do, you, how do you stay still? How do you experience this moment? Can you let go of your preconceived ideas and say, what's really going on? What's underneath the storyline? And that's where meditation comes in, too, as, as well as this invitation to drop below the storyline. What's really going on here? It's not like, they're so mean, how could they? Oh, maybe there's fear underneath. Maybe there's sadness. Maybe there's disappointment. Maybe there's joy. Maybe there's ecstatic excitement or whatever. See if you can find the truth of the moment. The truth of the moment, not the story of the moment, but the truth of the moment. So thank you so much, my friends, for your kind, kind, kind attention, and I hope this has been of some benefit. 
Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.